Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Hey there, good evening, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the national emergency of gun violence in America. Hello, my name is Tilda Swinton, and I'll be co-hosting <laughs> with you tonight. <laughs> Tilda, I'm glad you could make it. Thank you so much. I'm, I've been busy. <laughs> um, I was in uh, Semeritz, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's, but um, I just decided to swing by. My favorite independent radio ah. talk show, <laughs> Case Against Guns. <laughs> uh, well, my name is Austin. I am uh, thrilled to be hosting with you uh, this week, and uh, we're going to be calling this week's show Gag Across America. Because that's what we do, honey. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go into the show, I just wanted to encourage everyone to become a WBAI buddy. Ooh, what is a WBAI buddy? It's actually my dog. my dog's name is buddy um but uh a wbai buddy is somebody who keeps our unique volunteer run radio show going by signing up to give every month if you want to go to wbai.org or call 516-620-3602 and become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. A mm-hmm. uh, $25 or more donation will get you a set of gag pins, darling. I'm wearing mine right now. Everyone should. So once again, just go to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602. Become a buddy like my dog. <laughs> so um, what we do at the Gears Against Guns meetings that we have every other Thursday. And what we do here on the radio show at the beginning Mm -hmm. is an in memoriam. And an in memoriam is some place that we reflect on the life of someone who lost their life to gun violence and um, remember them and take a minute to honor them. And the purpose for this is not to depress you, Mm -hmm. although it may have that ancillary effect. (laughs) But uh, the purpose of it is to remind us why we got Mm -hmm. together as a group and to keep the issue of gun violence front and center. Because I think it's easy for us to say like, oh, 101 people died today of gun Mm -hmm. violence. But then once you sort of dig into the life of one of those people and bring them to life, um, it becomes much more salient to your experience. So that's what Austin's going to do for us right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And last week, um, Ty uh, was able to highlight Zoe Spears, a trans woman of color. Uh, This week, unfortunately, we have another trans woman of color to highlight. Uh, Brooklyn Lindsay, uh, 32, she was murdered in Kansas City one week ago on Tuesday, June 25th. She is the 11th known black trans woman murdered this year in the United States. Uh, Both CNN and BuzzFeed report that the cause of her death as uh, gunshot wounds. And she was found uh, on the exact same street corner in Kansas City that Tamara Dominguez's body was found four years ago. Another trans woman of color also murdered. Um, In Tamara's murder, her uh, murderer was found guilty and sentenced to 18 years in prison. Uh, For Brooklyn's, there have not been any arrests that have been made yet. Uh, Brooklyn was a girly girl. She loved uh, doing her hair and doing makeup and had talked about adopting a child once she found stable housing. Uh, Her friend, Raven Johnson, told BuzzFeed that uh, she was beloved by her community and hoped one day to give back. Um, So to your point, uh, Kevin, I think talking about 11 trans women of color being murdered this year uh, so far is definitely impactful, but focusing um, on each of their lives, I think, is is definitely a way to get that point across. Yeah, and the other thing that we do at Gays Against Guns is we represent people via 
this um, mechanism called the human beings. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is we wear all white and um, everyone gets together and we uh, put veils over our faces and we hold up a placard that has a picture of the person that died and it has mm -hmm. a brief description of their life and it has the dates of their life and of their death. And mm -hmm. so we always try to hold space for these people as a means of bringing a three-dimensionality to the issue of gun violence and gun violence mm -hmm. prevention. You know, we're able to sort of like it basically uh, hit you in the face with it. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And, um, and that's something that I think that I'm really proud of our group mm -hmm. for sustaining. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we did that um, on Sunday at Pride too, and we're gonna talk about um, the Pride March is, the marches, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm -hmm. the marches that were Pride, and, um, and all of that a little bit later in the show. We've got two of our fellows who have participated in both marches calling in, but mm -hmm. um, before we get to that, I wanted to just sort of spend a couple of minutes talking to you, yeah. Austin, about gun violence prevention, because I feel like um, we have a very particular experience in New York mm -hmm. City. You know, I remember um, last year at Pride, there was a tank. Somebody drove a tank wow. into Manhattan. <laughs> I'm still very curious to know if they took the Holland Tunnel or <laughs> like, like what they came down through the Bronx across a Third Avenue Bridge, which is what I would do not for all of you tank drivers out there. Take the Third Avenue Bridge, honey, safer. But like at some point you cross a toll, you know, to get like it just was insane and there's this tank and it was like promoting you know gun ownership and stuff and it was so weird and confrontational of course like mm -hmm. it turns out it was this um group called the utah gun liquors or something sure you know, sure something why not like that <laughs> and there they were actually selling something of course like yeah, all great always, schemes always, always eventually come down to marketing but um it was a really, we had a really visceral reaction to it. You know, we were like sort of horrified and, um, yeah. and that's sort of the closest that a lot of us got to experiencing any person with a gun mm. or, you know, law enforcement mm -hmm. carries firearms. But, uh, but for the most part in our day to day lives, like you don't see a gun on the back of the pickup truck and you don't yeah. see a gun in yeah, someone's you apartment. You may not hear in New York, but, uh, I'm, I'm up visiting from Orlando from Florida and that's, uh, once you get out into uh, other parts of Florida, that's definitely uh, something you can run into here and there. And where did you grow up? I uh, grew up in Iowa City, Iowa. Oh, okay, yeah. Is that gunny out there? Um, not not as bad. No, um, it's it's a pretty. Uh, I always say Iowa has the absolute best people in the entire world because everybody there is so caring and so loving for one another. So I think uh, guns and especially in the wake of all the mass shootings within the past, uh, you know, 15, 20 years, um, Iowa isn't as gunny as I think some uh, other locations could be. Interesting. And so then, so did you, like, did your parents have guns and stuff when you were growing no. up? No, 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 no. Did people that you know have them or? Uh, my brother would, my brother and my uncles would hunt every mm. once in a while, but it was very, uh, well kept. It was very safely kept. Like where were the guns? Um, my uncle's house, my grandparents. Like uh, where? Uh, as far as I'm aware, in a safe. In a safe. Ammunition stored separately. You didn't see them. They weren't no. like in the no. living room. No, 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 no. Oops, the gun. move the gun, put the lemonade yeah, down. never, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then when did you move to Florida? Um, moved there when I was about 18, 19. Okay. Yeah. And then did you like have any experience? Did you like all of a sudden see people with guns? Um, yeah. And, and I don't believe Florida is an open carry state, but um, I do know there are a lot of people once you, uh, like I said, get out of city limits there. Uh, there's definitely a lot more um, visibility of, of gun ownership and, and visibility to that. Um, and especially, like I said, once you get out of Orlando, um, specifically after the Pulse uh, nightclub shooting there, um, people are definitely more sensitive within that city, but uh, greater Florida there, um, and especially under uh, current leadership that is there, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's definitely more visibility to gun ownership around the state, yeah. Interesting. And then how was it for you as a queer person to mm-hmm. to move to Florida? Was it liberating? Was it... A little bit of both. Okay. Um, I, I, I say... Once again, Iowa has some of the greatest people in the entire world. So I truly felt safe being in Iowa. Um, But then moving to Florida, moving to Orlando specifically, the queer community there is absolutely phenomenal. And there is uh, someone of of every gender, every variety, every race, everything in Orlando. So um, as a queer person specifically, um, a phenomenal, phenomenal place to be, Orlando. And what's your journey in terms of your sexuality and your gender identification? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came out as um, a gay cisgendered man uh, late high school. Um, and, and I was kind of joked it was the worst kept secret because everybody knew it but me. <laughs> so, um, uh, like I said, late high school came out as a cis uh, gay man. Um, and then within the past few years, I've started identifying as a non-binary individual. Um, and so that has been different having kind of two coming out stories. You know mm. what I mean? Most people kind of have the one, but um, kind of managing those uh identities and and I guess finding the language for that because I always knew I was different mm-hmm. but um, having the um, the visibility that gender nonconforming people have now and gifting us the the language and the tools to really identify that I think is really where my kind of revolution or revelation came uh, a few years ago and was there a specific event that sort of led to it or was it a sort of cumulative? It's a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. It definitely was a cumulative of just being uncomfortable and feeling weird. Mm. Um, But after taking some inventory following uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting and recognizing that I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, nobody's guaranteed any other day. So um, uh, really taking the opportunity and saying, you know what, I could either live in this semi-difficult existence or I could decide to be me tomorrow. So, um, it, like I said, it's definitely a both an accumulation and also a, a definite push from from everything. That's great. And then you decided to come to Pride in New York this year. Why? Um, I, I think the 50th of Stonewall is is really the the biggest push. But then also uh, being able to participate in the the marches and the actions with everyone here at, at Gag New York was phenomenal. Um, so, really wanted to take an opportunity to recognize our history and hopefully knocking on wood looking forward to uh, safer and better things moving forward here that would be great and um so for people that haven't been following the pride madness <laughs> i just want to give everybody a, a little recap as to what uh, happened this year in terms mm-hmm. of the pride marchers which is that there was a revolution kind of, yeah. you know, like there were first, oh, yeah. first there was Stonewall and then, and mm-hmm. this has happened in the past, actually, if people don't know, there was a, there was a separate march at the 25th uh, oh. anniversary. And I actually was at the 25th anniversary and 
I was there with like my mom. You don't look could, a day over twenty five. Well, Kevin. thank you, darling. <laughs> I know you just bring, drink, uh, drink this blood of small children every morning <laughs> for breakfast. That's my secret. Um, my name is Tilda, by the way. Uh, oh, Tilda. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> thank sorry, you. My it's apologies. okay. It's all right. Uh, it happens a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and so um, people just got fed up with the way that pride was handled on a, a number of different fronts on the in the terms of how corporate it has become in terms of the over-policing and people not feeling safe with so much of a police presence in terms of the focus on um, corporations over community groups and the sort of disrespect that community groups felt. And so there was a group formed called the Reclaim Pride Coalition, mm -hmm. and they decided to stage a alternative called the Queer March. And we have two of our fellows on the phone who are going to um, sort of unpack all of that with us. Yeah. So are you guys there? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Yep. Hello. Hey, hey. Introduce yourselves, John. Hi, my name is John Crowweiler. I'm an organizer for Gays Against Guns. And Ken? And I'm Ken Kidd, and I'm also an organizer for Gays Against Guns. Hey, everybody. Hey, you too. Good to hear from you. So, and who, so there's Tilda and who else? It's Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Tilda and Austin. And here. I think Kevin Herzog's here too. He's also an or you know him. Yeah, I've seen him floating from around. Gaze Against Guns. <laughs> <laughs> and then Austin from uh, Gaze Against Guns Orlando is here. Oh, great. Oh, hi, Austin. Hey. So, do, do you guys just want to tell us a little bit about your experience at the Pride marches and what the mm -hmm. difference was and who won? <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Well, Ken, do you want to go first? Well, I'll go first because I, I was there first thing in the morning. And <laughs> I can tell you that uh, the, one thing, the first thing that I thought that struck me immediately was that, you know, this was an experience. I'm walking over. It was such a beautiful day. And, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. First off, I was dressed as uh, Captain Gag with my sidekick, Gag Boy. Describe the art. outfit, please. <laughs> it was in Vogue today, everyone. It was. It was, it was in Vogue yeah, was magazine. <laughs> So we were super. Anderson Vera, who's another uh, colleague, uh, another gagtivist, uh, was gag boy, and I was uh, Captain Gag. And there were orange tights and an orange cape involved for me, and a pink cape <laughs> and pink uh, accessories for Anderson, a pink mask. And some but, kind you know, of a swimsuit over. underwear situation, as I recall. <laughs> There's a very strategically <laughs> placed gag button as well. <laughs> you guys noticed that? Mm. <laughs> we, no, we noticed everything. Uh, it was very popular. I don't, I'm not sure why. But anyway, it was fun, too. And, and that's the thing, yeah. is walking over there, we knew that this was an experiment of expressionism, mm -hmm. and that no matter what we did, it wasn't going to be wrong. There was not going to be anybody telling us where to stand or where to gather. People left it up to the individual groups to do as they wished, like the old days. Yeah. There wasn't a block that you were supposed to be on at a certain amount of time for a particular step off that you knew you were going to wait. And, you know, people did it. Mm. You know, sisters did it for themselves. And <laughs> uh, it was a beautiful thing. And I think nobody knew whether there were going to be 45 people or 450 people or right. 4,500 or 45,000. And we mm -hmm. may still not know that. But what we do know is that it was a smashing success. And people had a great time, from my Absolutely. perspective, anyway. We don't know how many people were there, but we're definitely going with the larger number. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, that's right. When in doubt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and John, did you go yeah. to the, the Queer March as well? I did, actually, yes. Yeah, so um, so I arrived a little late, 23rd Street, because I just had gotten up, and you know, I've been doing a lot, doing as much as possibly can. So um, I wanted to meet everyone at 42nd Street because the, there was a, a second meetup 
time at 11 o'clock. Um, and so we decided to, I looked online and saw that um, the march was at 12th Street. At that time, it was like, you know, 10 something. And so I decided to get in the cab, go north, and then cut over on 23rd, 6th Avenue. At that point, um, bikes on bikes, actually, they were passing down 5th Avenue. So 23rd at 5th was like, you know, just completely jam-packed, and, you know, you couldn't get across. And so, um, so you know, me and my boyfriend, we hopped the barrier there um, <laughs> and cut in between dykes on bikes when there was, like, a moment, uh, and then made our way to the Cool Liberation March um, and caught up with the GAG contingent. Um, and that was uh, pretty, you know, the energy between those two spaces. So being there heavily barricaded on Fifth Avenue, dykes on bikes passing, police presence everywhere, passing through that and then jumping into um, the QLM, you know, was was just like night and day. I mean, the energy, mm-hmm. it was really quite, quite uh, sort of, uh, first of all, it was a great entry sort of into the day, but a stark, a striking duality that presented itself um, to not go unnoticed. Um, yeah. And yeah, and so uh, the... March up Sixth Avenue of friends and family and new friends. I mean, it also felt like there was, um, you know, it had a, uh, an Arcadian sort of uh, air about it, sort of like this, this kind of a sense of like, like the movement um, had been sort of re-energized. I think like after, you know, there was the Stonewall Liberation, there was the Stonewall Gay Liberation Front, AIDS fighting back against AIDS, marriage equality, and then things started to kind of shift. I think. Um, the the gay the uh, the community LGBTQ community, um, the gay community, like had been sort of commodified and also almost colonized by corporate culture. Speaking uh, of which, so, let me let me just take you downtown. Then after that, you also joined mm-hmm. the World Pride March. Yes. So, in the interest so of time, just tell us. Do, yeah, tell us what happened there. Well, yeah. And one, one thing, one thing about that happened to me was I had to leave. I had to leave because the reality is we waited for so long. I had to leave along with so many other people who really mm-hmm. wanted to be there. We so waited for three and a half hours. Yep. Right. Yeah. So our, our check-in time was 4-4 um, as per uh, HOP. And Heritage of Pride. And that in years past, Heritage of Pride, that it would be, you know, an hour wait, maybe an hour and a half or two, but it kept getting delayed. Mm-hmm. So at, at 5 o'clock we were told, Two more hours, and then at seven o'clock we were told two more hours, and so we just decided, you know, lots of lot many of the you know fifty plus HBs human beings which volunteers who showed up, you know, were understandably getting a little restless, and people had to go to other events. Um, some came up to us and said, you know, my my kids at home, I have to go home, um, and so those who stayed, uh, we decided we you know took a vote like. What are we going to do? Are we going to A, leave, or B, just sort of jump the line, sort of crash the party, and figure into the parade? And so, of course, we went with B, because that's just like, you know, who we are and what we do. You had already jumped the barricade so, once that day, honey. Yeah. Hello. I was like, I could down. do it again in heels. So why <laughs> not? You know, second time is, you know, it's always better. So, yeah, so we, we gathered um, we had like a handful of like activists who were holding signs. We had about twenty something HBs representing lives from Lost of the Pulse, um, and some trans women of color as well. Uh, and we lined the formation and we just stepped up to Madison 
I don't know what people, you know, were looking around, and as we were passing, you know, down Madison, making our way into um, the formal parade, like a space, like, presented itself. We, it was divined, and mm-hmm. we just sort of figured in, and lo and behold, um, it turns out that we cut in front of the Wells Fargo contingent. And, and Ken Wells can Fargo tell us really very quickly, in one minute or so, what Wells Fargo means to gays against guns. Wells Fargo is Murder Incorporated. Wells Fargo funds the NRA more than any other lending institution in the United States of America or the world. $500 million since the massacre of school children in Sandy Hook. $43 million in October of 2018 alone. They had the chance to choose between teachers' mortgages, lending them, and choosing guns, and they chose guns. We hate them. It sounds like you're not a huge fan of theirs. <laughs> well, I think that you know, the reality is we're going to be realizing and they're going to be realizing how little of a fan we are because we want every LGBT organization and every mm-hmm. pride organization between now and next pride to break up with them. And we'll, have to, we'll talk more about that later. You guys, thank you That's both great. so much yeah, for you. calling in and for participating in the whole weekend. Yeah, thank you, you. Said, thank you, Mother, for your efforts, yes, too. You were there as well. I did, honey. Always <laughs> down the Thank you, Tilda. Toujours. And Tilda, too. Yes. <laughs> Bye, right. kids. Thanks, Bye, you, too. Yes, and Austin. And so I just did want to ask you, Austin, mm-hmm. a little... We have um, probably one minute just to talk about the, like, the difference between what gun violence prevention work looks like in... Orlando and what it looks mm-hmm. like in New York. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, uh, the HBs are such a powerful, powerful tool here in New York because uh, so much of the community, uh, the LGBTQ plus community here in New York, um, maybe doesn't think about the Pulse Massacre as often or think about gun violence in general as often as we do in Orlando. Um, and if you, uh, and you had the opportunity to come down to Orlando a few weeks ago and see um, the side of every building has a Pulse uh, uh, mural on it. Yeah. Um, there are, are memorials everywhere. Everybody's wearing a T-shirt for the Pulse Massacre. So yeah. um, it is so much in the zeitgeist of what Orlando is. So uh, for us down in Orlando, we are able to hop into finding solutions, putting pressure on those NRA puppets, um, because we uh, can kind of forego the introduction or the reminding stage of what uh, GAG does with those HBs. Yeah, that's amazing. So if you're in New York, we meet every other Thursday at 7 p.m. in Manhattan at the Center on 13th Street. And we usually would have met this Thursday, but it's the 4th of July, so we're not meeting the next meeting is actually July 18th at 7 p.m. So please join us there if you're in the neighborhood. Perfect. Yeah, and you can also get involved by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are Gag No Guns. On Instagram and Facebook, just look for Gays Against Guns New York. Uh, like, share, watch, retweet, repost. Uh, help us get the word out about breaking the NRA's chain of death. Um, also want to point out uh, Gays Against Guns Orlando has its own Instagram and Facebook as well if you want to follow us there. Um, to find out uh, more about having a fabulous time with us, please also go to gaysagainstguns.net. Um, you can also learn more about our gag chapters across the nation. We are in L.A., D.C., Chicago, Providence Town, and you can even create your own chapter as well. And we always close out with what we call mm-hmm. hell yes at the meeting um, in Manhattan. We call them something else. You're going to have to come and find <laughs> out what we call them because we can't say it on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I know you have a hell yeah you wanted to give. I absolutely do. And I know uh, Ken and John talked about it. But I think us cutting in front of Wells Fargo during the parade was 
absolutely divine intervention. So I want to give a big hell, hell yeah. yeah. I always want to give a big hell yeah to Reggie, our amazing mm-hmm. engineer at WBAI. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah to Mary Gustafson, who mm-hmm. was the person who organized our Queer Liberation March. Phenomenal. And she did an incredible job. And we got in Vogue. I don't know if I mentioned it or not. Vogue, Vogue magazine, darling. Uh, so hell, hell yeah, yeah, Mary. And hell yeah to all of you for listening to us. Thanks so Absolutely. much. Thank you, everybody. Sly <laughs> from the rumpus room. Building a wall between churches and Congress. Making a choice between rightness and wrongness. Taking down tyrants who act like their kings. These are a few of my favorite things. The right to gather and the First Amendment. Choices I'd rather and thoughts independent. Getting a lawyer when I'm in a fight. These are a few of my favorite rights. When the laws bend, when the feds cheat, and I'm feeling mad. I simply remember the Constitution, and then I don't feel so bad. Marching around when I'm angry with Congress, shouting them down to make them keep their promise, going to school feeling safe day and night. These are a few of my favorite rights. When the news sucks, when the jerks win, And I'm feeling mad. I simply remember the Constitution, and then I don't feel so 